Welcome to But Are You Happy with Roger Berry. Uh, I have a special guest today. Uh, it's my buddy Cardell Jones, appreciate Ohio State legend. I appreciate you coming in, bro. Um, do you have a middle name? I don't. I don't have a middle name. It you is, don't have a middle name? A man, a myth, a legend, Cardell Jones. Because I was on Wikipedia and I'm like, dude. You Googled me? I Googled you. I Googled everybody. You Googled me when you could have texted and asked me a question. <laughs> weird okay i was like you know well no i want to ask it here because i was like man i was like i have a middle name well most people i know have a middle name yeah so um i was kind of looking for just a little more background on you when you grew up you grew up on the east side of cleveland where were you born uh, east side inner city um you know was, was, that's where i was born um and raised for you know pretty much 18 years of my life until i went out um, had an opportunity to play at Ohio State in Columbus and kind of made Columbus home ever since. By the way, did your dog chew on your hat? Um, yeah, do you like that? Way to call it out, bro. Oh, wow. Okay. I love this there hat, you though. Go. I got to say it. I don't want to get rid of it, man. <laughs> nah, I feel I'm just going to wear yeah, it all the time. From, um, yeah, so we born and raised. And, you know, Cleveland, is, Cleveland is home <laughs> near, dear to my heart, but, you know, as far as I resign, it's not there anymore. Okay. Okay. Um... You have how many siblings? I'm the youngest of six. You're the youngest of six. I'm the youngest of six. My mom had four boys, two girls, and, you know, close, all close in age. Like, my older sister's 30. I just turned 30 this year. So we're all super close in age and, um, you know, had a great childhood growing up because, you know, siblings were my best friends. And uh, I had a lot of great friends as well. But, you know, being in a house of, you know, of six, you know, uh, it was it was tough but fun. Now, Shout out Lake View D and Sheena. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love you both. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, I love seeing your family. They're always great. I've had the pleasure of meeting your mother. That's that's your mother, but it's not blood mother. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of adopted and uh, going into my junior year, sophomore year of high school. Um, yeah, so Michelle, who I call mom now and stuff. And it's funny because, you know, my friends, you know, all you guys know her as, you know, mom, but... And then, yeah, that's who you met, and, and many people know as my mom, but yeah. That's crazy, man. You have how many children? Three. You three. got three kids, man. Yeah. My babies. Yeah, how many boys, how many girls? My daughter, Chloe, is the oldest, and uh, I have a son, uh, Carter, and I have a son, Owen. That's yeah. so wild, man. Yeah, and you also have a Carter as well, so that's pretty cool. Carter Berry, man, he loves his Uncle Cardell. Yeah, so they were on the same. We always watch some national championship videos. It's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's him. <laughs> I always get a good laugh out of yeah. it, but he enjoys it, and I think that's a big part of why he likes football, too. Yeah, that's good. He, he enjoys that anytime he gets to do it, you know what I mean? As Anytime he gets to play, I'll tell you what, basketball is his thing. He really enjoys that stuff. Um, I really wanted to touch on you grew up. Not necessarily, I mean, you grew up, you, you didn't grow up rich, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, you grew up in a, in a really, yeah, a tough situation, a loving situation, but a tough one, right? Yeah, yeah, far from it. And I never, not, and I actually just had a conversation about this um, yesterday with, with someone who's looking to um, do a project with me on some other things that's, you know, kind of late 2023-ish. Um, and I, said, I never tried to make it seem like I had the toughest growing up, but I said it was my norm. It was it was my norm of not it was, well, it was our norm. My siblings and myself it was our norm and, and cousins as well and friends as well. You know, it was our norm of not always having something to eat or or you know, maybe some nights the heat or you know wasn't on or lights wasn't on, things like that, or you know, maybe having a shack up at a at a buddy's house for the night or 
go there and hang out, just stick around on dinner time so he get something to eat. That was our norm. So um, I didn't know it wasn't normal, really, until I got to college. I didn't know sharing clothes with your siblings wasn't normal. Really? Or, like, you know, I just made this comment the other day. I didn't know I was growing up, but you're supposed to change your underwear every day. I'm like, well, I don't have enough pair to do that. So I'm going to rock these and then, you know, hopefully find something in the closet, give them the smell test. I don't know who it is and throw them on. If I need them more, just go commando. So a lot of things like that, um, I didn't know because that was just our norm because, you know, the situation we came from and I never tried to. How many times you go to commando to school though, for real? I went to commando to school a few times. For real? A few times. Yeah, I went to commando, I went to, commando to school. I remember in particular when the I'm the, sorry, it's not funny that was, you didn't have underwear. Yeah, no, I get But what it you is said. definitely funny that you did this go to school without but the thing was it was like <laughs> during a time where it was funny to pull your pants out like someone's a pants. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere. So never and I also never had a belt. Only belt that I was used to seeing was belts to get my ass whipped. So my belts were shoestrings. That was it. Yeah. And but like I said. This is our norm. It wasn't like, oh my god, you wear a shoe string. Like, yeah, let me get that shoe string. See, I always, I grew up. I grew up. I always had everything I needed, but I never had. I grew up on a different, like, I grew up in not the traditional Rocky River. People say Rocky River and they think money, money, and I didn't grow up on the money side. Now my grandparents have done well for themselves. A couple of my uncles have done pretty well, and and aunts have done well for themselves. But yeah, like as far as the money side, but I never had it like that. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. I never yeah, like I can't said, say I ever had it like that. I don't. I don't try to downplay, but I also don't try. Oh my god, yeah, we. That's cool. Like we mm-hmm. don't. Like you know, I think that's why I am the way I am today. Like you know, whatever I'm going through, whatever I see someone else going through. Sometimes I, it's hard for me to sympathize um, in certain situations because I'm like, you know, I just lost my job. I just lost my dog. My girlfriend just broke up with me. I just you know whatever you know. Your bad, bad day, day is really different than their bad day. Well, it used yeah. to be, but I'm just like I can so custom deal with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to let it keep you down or are you going to try to fight through it? I, right. I don't know how to. And, it, and I'm starting to run through this, run into this with my, with my kids. And clearly, they can't comprehend just deal with it yet. Right. But I'm trying to find ways. So, like, okay, guys, so, well, let's reevaluate. That's it. For me, it's just like push through it. Keep going. Like, yeah, you something didn't go as planned. What are you going to do? Give up? Right. You know, it's either continue to bust your butt and understanding that some things may have setbacks. Or are you gonna let that setback just destroy you and keep you down? Right. You know, but it's it's, it's easier to tell a, you know someone my age, my periods, but my kid, I'm just like, oh, how do I deal with this? Because I know growing up, I didn't have, you know, I may at times felt like I wanted to talk to maybe my mom and I never knew my dad about stuff like that, but you know, she wasn't always around, so I couldn't, so I didn't know how to. Right. You know, right, Did you ever pursue a relationship with your dad? No. Or no, look no, for him or no, no, I don't, I don't see why because. It's not like it's nothing that that person could have taught me to affect the outcome that I am today. I think with my birth mind, even though we don't have the greatest relationship, I think, you know, some of the values that I learned from her and that she installed from us for our toughness and some of the things like that has has a big impact on me versus, um, you know, if a dad was around. I mean, my, <laughs> my birth mom, I was I was lucky. I said all the time, even with my mom, Michelle, that, you know, I had my mom and dad in one person. So I didn't have to get conflicting issues or conflicting values and things like that. Or mom say no, run to dad. Dad say no, run to mom. I didn't have I didn't have that luxury. So I looked at it as a blessing in disguise because you know all these values that she was teaching me, they were teaching me right. at separate times, kind of shaped me to one. And I also had great father figures and 
and uncles and, and, and little league coaches and high school coaches as well. So it's no right or wrong way to parent, in my opinion, when it comes to certain things, clearly. But I just like, hey, what, 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 how would I want myself to, how would I want my dad or my mom to respond to this situation? Right. You know, it's like my daughter come to me about something or, or come to me about something when, when it comes to struggling or needing something. Like, you know, how would I want to a dad to respond to me if I, that was me 15, 20 years ago? So that's not kind of approach it, man. So, all right. So you grew up on the east side. Now, did you have a choice when you went to high school or was it like? Hey, yeah, this is what you got, choice, bro. But, you had a choice, but like, well, I knew I wanted to go to Glenville all my life. Well, technically, Gate Academy, um, which is a school that our high school coach, Ted and Senior, started. Um, so I was like going to Glenville, but I knew I wanted to play sports for Glenville. It was, it's, I know what it meant to my community. I know what it meant to, to me personally and seeing all the great players before me. And, you know, I could probably when I was Carter's age, I was going to Glenville games and watching some of the great players, Troy Smith, Ted and Jr., Dante Whitner, Pierre Lewis, all these guys. You know, uh, so I always wanted to play there. So it was, it was no real choice for me. I already knew where I was That's going. Crazy. You were, yeah, you were like, this is it? Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's almost, it was almost like college as well. Like, Ted Ginn, I had the pleasure of meeting one time uh, when I was working at Mercedes-Benz in North Olmstead. He was just a super kind guy. So um, i got to ask, what kind of influence did he have on you? I've heard nothing but amazing things. And it's, it's cool, too. He's one of those guys you see in the – uh, you call him coach. Everybody calls him coach. Yeah. I, I mean, think, and that's what I've um, noticed. I think he's more of a life coach than, than a football coach. Right. I think um, some of the relationships that he built with so many players, and not just players, but with people, period, in the mentor role he's, that he's embraced and took on, I think is uh, second to none. Uh, a huge impact, not just on me, but a lot of guys I played with, a lot of guys that come came before me will come after me. I'm looking at, you know, how my nephew is is there at Glenville now and, and doing his thing and, and playing sports and just seeing the, the transformation in his, some of his characteristics and his ways uh, because of Coach Ginn. So Is that Lakeview's uh, yeah, son, right? Yeah, Deshanta, yeah. So he's yeah, playing, I've seen know, some highlights. I don't know thoughts. if this is going to come out, but they play the state championship game tomorrow, so that's why I'm up here. I saw that. So I, I actually followed him recently on Instagram. Yeah, it's a good And game. he's a big boy. He got some size on him. He he's a big boy. I mean, he's he's got to be what six foot, right? He's probably pushing about five ten. He probably is. He's all said and done. He probably yeah. I but he's thick. Yeah, like he's, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's thick for sure. So, um, but yeah, I just see the impact already coaching game has on him has had on him in three years of him been in high school so far, and I think like I said before, his track record of, of people that he's uh, affected in a positive way speaks for itself. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, I've heard. Like I said, nothing but amazing things. He was always a super kind guy every single time he came in. For sure. For sure. You know, and, and that was always that was always cool. Um, talk about a little bit, just the culture of Glenville as far as, I mean, you have some amazing fans out there. Um, and then on top of that, just, I mean, what does it mean to be from the east side of Cleveland, especially from that kind of a situation where a lot of the guys that are coming up through Glenville are not, from some well-to-do family or you know what i mean yeah, didn't necessarily yeah. have everything in the world they just you know they want to they want to be better and, and football was you know maybe seen as a way out yeah i mean i think um football was an engine for a lot of us to 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 better ourselves i know a lot of people go back you know after whenever playing days is over and and do a lot of things in the community so i wouldn't say it's a way out it's just a way to better ourselves and get to some of the goals that we have um, mm-hmm. you know individually but I think it, it just means a lot. And I had this talk with my nephew this week. And I said, guys, you guys got an opportunity to win a state championship. And, you know, uh, the first one in Glenville football history. 
and you have so many great athletes that came before you guys. There's a lot better than you guys, a lot of great teams, but you guys are the one that's put it all together. I know my junior year, ironically, he's in his junior year, we was the first team to even go to the state championship, even if we lost one point to a team called Hillary Davis out of Columbus. Okay. But um, it was 09. Um, um, yeah. Something yes, like that. I, I think it was 09. 10, no, 10, because 10. 11, I graduated. Okay. So, um, so yeah, so technically nine. Oh, nine, ten, 10 season. Yeah, 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 I got you. Um, so, with all that being said, like I told him, like, man, you got an opportunity, you guys got an opportunity to do something great and special for this community. And I just remember the feeling and the support of the community when we just went. We still had a parade after we lost because of the support and um, what it meant to everybody and right. just, the, just the livelihood of the community and everybody coming together. You have so many guys that play and, and from all different parts of the city when it comes to just that individual area that come together to try to do something special. And that's to ultimately win a state championship. And, they, and it's the same thing now, right, with these guys. And, you know, I was just watching videos of his social media. They get the police escort to can. I remember mm-hmm. sitting in those seats. And he's actually sitting in the exact same seat I sat at. First seat to the left with the front of the bus. And recording everything. And I'm just like, dude, I feel like I'm there. And I tell the people all the time, I said, I remember every play from my state championship game in high school. We talked to people around to me, talked about, oh, man, that's such a great play. And a national championship when you did this. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that was great. I guess that happened. Yeah, you know, so of course. I'm not saying like it's probably concussed or something like that, but I think that one would have meant so much more to me personally because I knew what it meant for my community. I want to touch on the concussions in a little bit, actually. That's something I want to talk about because I, I feel like, um, I feel like that's an important thing. But we'll we'll keep moving right now. I want to see. I wanted. To, I want to ask you. So, Wild House State. Right. So like you go to Glenville, you do really well. You get to the state championship, you lose. And sorry to hear that. But um, you know, you get a big win a couple of years later on no offense, bro, a fucking long shot of an opportunity, even to get in the game. Yeah. And you capitalized and in the biggest fucking way. And I'm a huge Ohio State fan. Uh, my sister went to Ohio State. Um, my family supports Ohio State. Fuck Michigan. Um, I'll say it forever. But I, I just wanted to, to see, like, I want, we'll get to the national championship, too, but I want to know why Ohio State? Like, what drew you I there? Was, I think uh, what originally drew me there was the coaching staff. Um, okay. Outside of this, I, I didn't understand the brand yet of Ohio State. I just, what I thought Ohio State was Ohio State football. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand the brand of um, the alumni base and, and Buckeye Nation and all the – great things that come outside of the football program. But what originally drew me there was a guy named Jim Trussell. Right? Uh, he was the one that originally recruited me. Um, unfortunately, I was uh, unable to play for him because when I was transitioning from high school to college, big scandal happened, had came out right. and forced Coach Trussell to resign and a huge coaching staff change. And, you know, the, the, the program went under some sanctions and things like that from previous teams that actually cost me a national championship in 2012 because – that was the one of the last years of the BCS era. The BCS era, the pretty much the two undefeated teams were playing national championship. And it had been us in Notre Dame, but we wasn't bowl eligible. So it was Notre Dame and one loss, Alabama. And Alabama smacked them. Yeah. And Notre Dame was not good that year. It was, so we had a chance my rookie, my freshman year, to win a national championship. But like I said, from some of the things that was permitted at the time from previous players from previous teams, cost us that 2012 season, cost their coaching staff change, cost some uh, a bowl game, I think the Sugar Bowl to be revoked and things like that, that they have won. And a few other things that, you know, we have got punished for just a lack of judgment by a few players uh, previously. 
But what originally drew me was a guy named Jim Trestle, like I said before, and his ways, right? Not just the opportunity to play for him and play at Ohio State, but just opportunity to be under him and be coached by him and to have him as a mentor in your corner. He, to me, was a resemblance of Coach Yen, and that's what really drew me to him, just his caringness um, for you as a person versus you as an athlete. Um, I think it spoke to him, and I think every player who played for him or had an opportunity to be recruited by him or probably just ran into him randomly will say the same thing. And then Urban Meyer came along. And then, yeah, he slapped in the face with a guy named Urban Meyer. <laughs> but, you know, Coach, Coach Meyer was completely different. His staff was different. They were, you know, straight to the point. Um, and, you know, I, I think personal feelings was on a back burner of things. because it was Do you think that had time. something to do with the fact that he didn't recruit any of you guys, though? Um, well, not be, not because it's personal at that point, but because well, he just, was he's just unsure of, of what Urban, he's doing. Urban was maybe. out of coaching for two years prior to that. So when I started getting recruiting, Urban, I think, was out of coaching because he had just resigned from Florida mm-hmm. for health issues. So he did a year or two on Fox calling games. Right. Then he came out of retirement to take the Ohio State job. So, so yeah, he, he didn't recruit me. And I'm not sure he even if he was still at Florida or even at Ohio State, if he had recruited me just because of the style of offense he would like to run. Exactly. And that's what that's what always interests me with that. I mean, you see that offense and I mean, there were similarities between you guys, between what Braxton, JT, you, there were a lot of differences. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was a lot of differences. I remember I, I met when I did your camp a couple of years ago, I was fortunate enough to meet JT and uh, oh boy. That was the first time I ever had an old fashioned. He told me he's like, you need to get an old fashioned. I've never had one before. Where we had dinner at Red. Yeah, we were. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So you got to get an old fashioned, but I mean, I couldn't believe how tall he was because I was like, you're way shorter than I ever imagined you to be number one, but his versatility on the field was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. It's, and that's my boy, man. That's one of my best friends and the whole world. And outside of that, maybe we grew a relationship while we was in college competing against each other, right? right? Trying to beat each other out for the quarterback spot. But that's my guy. Cause we went through a lot of the same things at the same time. It was us naturally closer to each other. And we realized like iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. I knew he was an unbelievable player. And I still will argue if he wouldn't have got hurt our 2014 season, we won a national championship. He probably would have won the Hansen as a freshman. You know, he was so, a stud, dude. Yeah. He so, was a fucking um, stud. Shout out JT Barrett. Yeah, he uh, every record of Ohio State. Yeah, he's a good dude. quarterback. So, yeah, clearly. Um, and they had some great ones before him and after him. So, but um, yeah, just another guy that, um, you know, that's just relatable um, when it comes to a lot of things, when it comes to some of the things that we're trying to do in life personally, personal right. goals and team goals. So he's killing it right now with the Lions and loving it. And I would imagine he's going to have an opportunity to coach college football here soon because the guy who recruited him, Tom Herman, just got the job at FAU. And then I don't know how long his JT's contract is with the uh, Lions, but I would imagine Tom Herman's going to come calling for JT Barrett as a coaching job at FAU. He's a smart guy too. That's yeah, the other thing. When you, when you speak with him, it's it's, ex- it's it's so apparent that it's like it's it's extremely apparent right away yeah. that you're not talking to somebody who is dumb or who no, is yeah, who is about necessarily an unintelligent conversation. You know what I mean? He's and he's it's not that he's not you know like straight like that all the time. He, he knows how to have a good time. It seems like, but um, yeah, you can tell he's smart. Yeah, for sure. Which is super cool. So here's a question to um, you. Well, so you redshirted your first year. Mm-hmm. And then what year was the national championship? What you, what year My sophomore year. Uh, so you're so, so third year in college. So, all right, so you're a sophomore. Braxton Miller starting? So going into that season, Braxton Miller was the guy. Right. And then me and JT was actually battling for the backup spot. And to my understanding, and this is, I guess, we have to be verified with coaches, but to my understanding, to the team's understanding that 
you know, we was going into spring ball. We just had lost in the, in the Orange Bowl versus Clemson. Our backup quarterback guy, Kenny Guy, who's coaching at Arkansas right now, receivers, okay. just graduated. So now we're looking for a backup. So me and JT, JT's going into his retro freshman year. I'm going into my retro sophomore year. We go, um, we under the impression that we battle for the backup spot in spring. And clearly the winner will go into camp as the backup and we start preparing for the season. Right. So I win the job in the spring. I beat him out, you know, performance and I beat him out. I'm the backup quarterback going into to fall camp. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We go into fall camp. I had no clue that they decided to open up the competition again. And with that mix of things starting to happen, I, I don't know what they saw. Did you slack when you knew? I don't think so. I don't think so. I just you know what I'm saying? Like, like, dude, like when you when you when you were at least you had that mindset guy, of like, hey, I I'm, wasn't his guy, and it, it wasn't like right. I was not doing good in fall camp. I just think I wasn't his guy. I wasn't Urban's guy that he recruited. He I got you to be the guy that if Bryson go down or God for that makes sense. Year, so he decided to open it back up, which I had no knowledge of. I was competing and still working for a job, even though I still think my performance would have been just as successful if I knew mm-hmm. that or not. But for some other reason, and then like we go through camp, and then Braxton goes down. Now it goes from we're looking from a new backup to a new quarterback, and out of nowhere, JT started getting more reps and more reps than me. And I'm just like, you got to be kidding me! Of course. And are you guys same? Hmm? Are you guys same? I'm a year older, so, you oh, so you're hot about this. Right? Yeah, so yeah. Not that no no love loss for JT, but no, you're, no, you're hot about this. Guy. Of course, yeah, sure. I'd be I'm happy. Extremely pissed, and then. You know, I'm just like, you know, all everything I've worked so hard for is like slipping out of my hands with no control. Right. Because like, I didn't do, to my understanding, I, it was never a talk, sat down, hey, Cardell, this is what we're thinking now. It was nothing. It was just, okay, let me just slide my guy in there. Right. It's one of those type situations. So I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. So whatever, still kind of going through um, camp and then, you know, getting ready for our first game of the season versus Navy in Maryland. You know, our, our coach, you know, Tom, Tom Herman at the time tells us, hey, stay ready. Tell me stay ready. You just need to stay ready, blah, blah, blah. JT's not the starter. And I am think I'm going to get an opportunity to play. Of course. And I'm thinking it's going to be, one of the things it's going to be a blowout. Mm-hmm. Anything was going to struggle the way we struggle. Um, but I'm just like, okay, well, clearly when you're not putting up points at the offense, who do they look at? The problem quarterback. Of course. So I'm just like, oh, I'm about to get a chance. Like, this is, this is about to be it. Nothing happened. We win the game. I'm kind of bummed down the locker room. Whatever we want, though. Next week, I forgot who we played. Because you're used week, to playing. You're used to competing. Sitting on the yeah, bench for you is for just sure, not For sure. Thing. I mean, That's got to be a that, real tough thing. Yeah, even up, in that, up until that point, yeah. I, I I was thought I was, you know, not being ready for a backup spot. Well, was already being ready for a backup spot because Bracken was going to be the guy if he didn't get hurt. So, so mentally, from you, you're, you know, dealing with this every day. You're going home. How are you dealing with this? Outside of, I think you know, yeah, outside of, I think I just, I think I just blocked out a lot of people because I was getting so many stupid text messages from, you know, people from back home, as far as Cleveland, and people like, oh, how did you let a freshman take his spot and blah 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 and all this people other really stuff. Like, shit. like they don't understand it, right? They don't understand it, and that just comes from the typical fan outside looking in, right? Right. And um, don't understand how much that decision comes into effect of so many different things that's out of my control, and it's not always just about your play and, and your ability. So um, go to the second game of the season, play Virginia Tech at home, and they come in and smoke us. They come in and manhandle us. And we, we were sacked eight times. I think JT threw maybe two or three interceptions, and offenses looked bad. And during that game, as we looking bad, I know I'm about to get a chance. Nothing. So I get hot. I'm hot even more. Now we've lost at home. Right. Season over. 
season. This is the first year of college football playoff. Oh, you're done. You're done. Season is over. You lost the game already. You're done. Second game of the season, you're done. And then I forgot who we played third game of the season. Cincinnati. Jesus Christ, remember, remember all that. We we got and crushed them. We set the school record in, in total offense. I guess a mop-up duty, nothing crazy. And then we started to get into Big Ten play. And then um, I think it was like maybe our fourth or fifth Big Ten game when the you saw the emergence of JT Barrett. Right. Um, when he just started to go out and have 400 passes, 150, 200 rushing the game, four touchdowns and two touchdowns, killing it. Right? And, I, and I remember before the first big game like that he had, I told our coaches, like, hey, I'm thinking about transferring at the end of the season. I said, I get it. You know, you guys are keep praising me in practice, how well I'm playing, how well I'm getting defense, how well I'm doing all this other crap. But it's not – I'm not getting no slip and burn. But it's not like he's out there killing it. I would, it wasn't a shot at JT. It's like, you guys are praising me. I know I'm doing well. I know right. I'm performing, right, at high level. I'm going against Joey Bosa, Duran Grant, Titus, about all these great guys. Every day, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm holding my own with the land of misfits, the scout team, in the, in the backup sometimes. Imagine what I can do with some guys. It is your red shirt freshman year. True freshman year, and I tweeted that. You tweeted, you already knew what I was going to ask. You've been freshman times, and I know, but I got to ask. You send the tweet, whatever. You're probably fucking around, hanging out with the boys. No, I was actually. Doing homework that you didn't want to do or some shit. I was actually. Finishing up with a with a class that I got my exam grades back and I got a B plus. And the crazy story about it is that it was my freshman year and it was time to get ready to apply for a school, so your major. Right. And I wanted to apply for the Fisher Business School, and you have to bare minimum GPA had to be three five. And I already knew, I already did the math, I already knew, I needed an A in this course to get a three five, right? And this was midterms and quarters, quick turnaround, right? Like like. Every th- three, every two and a half weeks is the midterm. So it was at the midterm point, which I, if I did get an A in this midterm, I was pretty much have to, my final pretty much had to get everyone right to have an A in the course total, right? So I already had everything mapped out. So I was really banking on getting a high A. So I had a little slack in the finals if I didn't have get a, a high enough A to wrap off A in the course, right? To to bump everything up to three three six, it was no way I can get like a B. A B would have put me at like a a three four two. And an A in that course would put me like at a three six one, so it was crazy. It so was no in between. Yeah, it was no in between yeah, for me to you. apply for Fisher. Yeah. So I had got a B in this class, and then as I'm like, you know, it was the point of the class where TA, the professor in there, the TA was getting out the, the exams. So I'm looking at them, going through it quickly before I go to my next class and stuff. I'm looking, at it, and it was two answers marked wrong, but they were right. It was like I don't know if he could remember writing or what the case. Well, I wanted to argue it with him. And clearly a lot of people going up to the T at the practice. I mean, at the class. I ain't got time. I got to get to the other class. I'm pissed. So I'm just like, oh, I'll get to it later. Look up office hours. The professor didn't have office hours that day. So I'm pissed. I'm like, whatever. Like, that's when I tweeted it. So I tweeted it out because I got a, a grade. I know I shouldn't have got on the exam. And then after I tweeted it out, needless to say. Show the tweet. You got to show the tweet. <laughs> needless funny. to say, after the tweet, you know, all my professors had it out for me. And they started intentionally making my life hell the rest of my freshman year. I believe it. I believe it. That was fucking hilarious. Um, and then um, you went to a hospital and you, <laughs> um, this is my favorite story personally. Um, Dude, it's, oh my God. This is my favorite story <laughs> without a doubt. Not so wait, 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 this is my, my favorite story. And I'm just going to say this selfishly, this, this, this interview is about you. Um, but this is my favorite, not just because you beat it. This child had cancer. Is that correct? Man, Jared was, 
A good kid. First and foremost, this is the story. I want to hear this. Uh, guy named uh, Zach Smith, who was our receiver coach at the time. I was up at the facility late night, and I was watching film on, on Alabama. So I was getting ready to play, and I, I think it's like freaking almost like eleven thirty. Okay, no watching film. The only one there. I'm thinking the only one there. I'm getting leads now, and Zach is coming. A couple of coaches are finishing up too, and they're walking. Out. I was like, "Yeah, we going." So I'm at home now. I've been here all day. Right. So hey, I'm going up to this hospital. I'm not going to meet this kid from his family. He's going through a tough time, and Jared had like this really bad heart issue. And, and I don't know exactly. I, I never got the courage no, to understand, understand what he was going through. Yeah. But it, it was some major things. And um, oh yeah, for sure. Why not? I'm like I don't have class the next to the next day until like noon. I did the next day. I didn't have class until noon. So I'm not going to sleep in. I'm good. We get up there and got a chance to meet the family. And Jared was going to have a major procedure. He had a lot of family in town, uh, you know, come be with him and support him. All through his life, he's been going through these open heart surgeries and issues and stuff. So at this point, Jerry was like at least 15, 16 years old, right? Um, so, you know, we talking crap and talking about video games. And I don't know how it came up. And then he had the NCAA 14 or 12, I think it was, whatever the last one was, but I was on it. I was oh, on for real? Guy, so. Now, this is, and this is before you're getting even paid to be on That's some, which is of some bullshit. We'll get on that. That's some bullshit. This is way before all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so we, he said, you want to play? I said, yeah, I'll play. And I'm, I, I, I like play video games. Like I play <laughs> like football games and Call of Duty and shooting games. That's what I play. So I'm, you know, we turn it on. He's talking a little crap and it's been, oh yeah, it's going to be fun. And I'm looking at them I'm like, man, you guys just fucking let him win with him. It's like, oh no, he's, he's pretty good. So oh, yeah. he picks Georgia and, uh, you know, play Ohio State. Fuck Georgia. I'll, <laughs> I'll be the first takes, one to say it, man. But listen, we'll leave it takes, at that, but fuck Georgia. <laughs> Jared takes the opening kickoff to the house on me. Oh, for real? So they're like, yeah, I told you he was good. I told you something. Like, okay. No, just went out and That's some Ted Ginn Jr. Uh, yeah, but I just went out You know, stuff room. going on there. Destroyed him. So, yeah, but what I was saying was somebody tweeted the score. It was like Cardell Jones beat this kid at the hospital. Destroyed him. <laughs> like, destroyed him. Fucking 95 to 3. And Gardell tweets back and says, No, it was actually. Yeah. I beat him 98 to 3. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, I smoked it. But no, look, he had like 30. Or 98 like to 7. Or yeah, something like that. By a lot. So I score 100. Yeah, I, I've done that. I used to run my brother up all the time. Yeah, when I play. yeah, I would try to. Like, it wasn't just like a matter of like. Speaking of, I mean, speaking of Madden, you mentioned my brother already. Actually, like, we play Madden online. I'm, I'm home and stuff. He tried. He thought his son Deshante could beat me too. So they both playing over there, trying to play me. I beat them like ninety something to twenty. What level are you playing? Oh man. Oh okay. Oh, play. Yeah. So okay, we go. We go through all this. JT. Okay, JT. You're sitting. You're on the sideline. JT's hurt. Okay, and you get the call. Twelve. You know, bring that little arm of yours over here. We're gonna <laughs> see what you got, right? Well, I didn't think it was that serious until they brought the Kirks because, you know, JT been banged up a little bit a uh, few times that year. And the one in particular, I think it was Penn State where he came out of player two or something like that. And so I'm just thinking, okay, let me, you know, get in. It's about to, let me make sure I catch the snap because it's going to be run play. It's not going to like that. Gonna be like, hey, let's go back and drop back and throw the ball. You know, then I ran the car. I'm like, oh, snap. This is, I got to finish this game. So that's what it kicked in. That feeling didn't really kick in until – um, the next drive, I think we, um, I think it was on third down, so we got stopped on third down. I think the next play, and then you know on the sideline, really been in the headset now. Now we're talking about coverages. And I'm just like, oh, it's real. Like we in here now. So, and but I remember the whole time I was thinking about is JT okay? What's going on? Is JT okay? Is JT okay? But clearly, God, that's crazy. So you go in the game, and which game 
Which game is it? The first game that you go in? The first game I started was Wisconsin Big Ten Championship game. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. So Big Ten champion. That was a big defense, if I remember correctly. It's a good team. It's yeah. a good team. We um we played a really good team. I think they have number one defense statistically in the lead at the time. Um they had a really good running back out of Melvin Gordon. Um that was, you know, a high trophy finalist, the Walker Award winner. Melvin um, Gordon Gordon Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was playing against a good team. Then we, we just showed up that day, you know, kicked some ass <laughs> pretty much. And then the next game was? The next game was Alabama. So, what, what, what all that craziness is fuck Alabama. I just – I'm I'm real – I'm a serious SEC hater. Nothing wrong with that. And, um, you know, I'm a bigger Michigan hater. I used to – all the time, man. We, we used to have kids in school that would, go to, would come and look at their Michigan bullshit on – and I was, and they're not like from Michigan. Yeah, they may have like a distant tie to Michigan, but they're fucking you're from Rocky River. You know what I mean? Your parents don't fucking live in Michigan. If they went to Michigan, I get it. I'll never forget that we had this kid named Greg Plakta and this girl named Beatrice Cook, and these this I don't know if they're it's their whole families or whatever, but these two would show up every year with Michigan shit on, and I'd be sitting there, I'm just like, man, come on, I still see it on Instagram, I'm like. You know, and they're great people. You know what I mean? It's nothing like that. But fuck Michigan. Well, when I was all grown up, when any siblings or families grown up, you know, Michigan owned Ohio State those times. Yeah. So I mean, I got some buddies like that as well. That was seeing the Miami Hurricanes play. Yeah. You know, uh, like what was that? Willis McGahee and Maurice Claret. So yes, you yes. go through all that. At you beat Alabama. Which game is that? Uh, college football playoffs. That was ever. that was the playoff, and the championship was Oregon. Yeah, I I love the championship game. Um, I've always enjoyed watching you throw. Um, for the record, I've asked Cardell to throw the ball to me as hard as he can it. from twenty yards away. He will not do it. Break your face. You, I would catch the ball. I'd break your face. I mean, that's fine. You don't ever have to throw it at me. I'm just telling you, you for you, the record on camera. I said, if you can prove to me you have dental insurance and health insurance, I'll do it. Oh, that's no problem at all. I'll show you right as soon as we get up. Yeah. I'll show you. I have that. Yeah. But you, um, but he wouldn't do it because he thinks I won't catch it. He thinks I'm gonna get hit in the face. And yeah, I don't care if you catch it. Not. I just <laughs> care if, it, if you if you misjudge the time to close your. Hand I feel like our heads are the same size, so maybe if you have like a spare helmet laying around, we could <laughs> yeah, I'll argue with you about helmet. You know what I mean? Oh, you would you would yeah, make me. I don't care if you break a finger. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I've broken all of my fingers actually. Well, yeah, time. but I'm telling you, you, you can pretty much tell too. Anyway, this has got to be. Unbelievable walking out to that. It's got to be unbelievable just knowing you're starting. Um, how old are you at this time? 20 years old. 20. Yeah. And how many kids do you have at this point? One. So you have, you know, you have life things going on yeah. as well as pressure. Freshly born. Okay. Go through the national championship game. Um, give me your, give me your thoughts. I mean, just, just roll me through that start to finish. I mean, what was, what was that? I mean, that, just, that had to be the most just, unbelievable thing. Yeah, it was just winning game. It just finished this all up. I think, you know, we dealt with so much that season with, from the very beginning of losing our starting quarterback to, um, a, a, you know, a player. We dealt with so much, but nothing none of that would have meant nothing if we don't cap it off the right way. Right. You know, um, I think, you know, football really brought our team extremely close. That's why a lot of us are extremely close together now still after, you know, now eight, seven, eight years. Uh, but yeah, that was that's my mindset to finish it. And at that point, our seniors, 
you know, they were robbed of a Big Ten championship opportunity. We lost in the Big Ten championship game. And then they, in one year, we couldn't play in one. Or one year, they was horrible. They freshman year, they was horrible. Right. Second year, we went 12 0, couldn't play in the Big Ten championship game. The third year, we lost in it and lost in the Rose. I mean, lost in the Orange Bowl. So this is their fourth year. No big, well, finally got a Big Ten championship under their belts and trying to cap it off, right? Trying to cap off their, their careers, trying to cap off, you know, that season. And what better way to do it with a national championship? And that's wild. Good for you. I'm super proud of you for that. I know that there was probably, I mean, that's a that's a lot, especially dealing with a, a player that had passed away in such a horrible way. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's horrible. Um, I remember hearing about that. So, okay, so you you have at that point then you're you're going to the draft, or so. Okay. I, so I came back the following year. You did come back, but what I'm saying is, is you were projected what first round. After that, you know what? I never even put my name into the drafting because one thing that really screwed me was uh, now we got the first for college football playoffs, so they pushed the season back almost two weeks. Okay. And usually the national championship game was played on the first or second of January, okay. I think. The BCS. Yeah, or it's or usually yeah, it's like after that. the new year. Yeah. yeah. And then you have a, about two weeks to declare for NFL draft. So you put your name in. You get your grade and you get your potential landing spots and stuff like that. And then you can evaluate. You got two weeks to evaluate, but they didn't push that date back. So I from the time you declare to the time of the of the combine. From the time no, from the time the season is over to the time you declare. They didn't okay. push that date back. But the season was pushed back. So okay, after okay. the season, after one that shows, I'm still on cloud nine. And the next morning I get a question in the interview in a press conference about are you gonna declare for a drive? I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'll think about it, whatever. Like, oh, yeah, well, you got to, to tomorrow. I'm just like, huh? Like, I'm still in Dallas. I fly back home, and I'm trying to decompress. Now my phone is blowing up. We just won a championship. And you played just, just played three big games. I don't yeah, know I about nothing. So I don't know what that projection should, would have been. But I decided to come back anyway because I was working towards I, I didn't look that up, but I was curious. For some reason, I, I well, remember only, hearing only, you, know, you don't play it. I mean, how much, how much did you play your – not the next year. How many games? Well, the following year. I mean, yeah, it kind of went back to quarterback battle, quote unquote. Right, right, right. It went back to some remembrance of my, you know, the year before in Kemp where he just wanted his guy. You know, I just feel like Urban just wanted his guy. And, you know, you know, I was put on Yeah, the didn't want to break dish. that relationship that he had built and just because he got in her. Okay. Yeah, probably not. So, so, anyways, we go through that season, we go through the next season. Um, you declare for the draft. You go mm-hmm. after 15, you have to declare. Because I had another year about my dealing with this year. What was Buffalo like? I know they have some great fans. Um, did you enjoy your time in Buffalo? You know, I did. I did. I lived in a city called Amherst. You know, um, you know. I think one cool thing about Buffalo is close to Canada. We can go over to Toronto and, and hang out there when uh, we kind of wanted to just have a good time. Dude, Buffalo I, love, is not, I love Toronto. Yeah, it's a good city. Toronto is fucking Buffalo fun, is not dude. known for his nightlife, I don't think so, and and some of the other things that you would get out of a bigger city. Um, but but fuck Niagara Falls. Right. Have you ever been to Niagara Falls? I've been to Niagara Falls, yeah. I'm just it was cool. I think it's super, super touristy and trashy. I, yeah, I thought it was cool, though, but Buffalo is a city. I liked it. It's great food spots. The people were extremely friendly. They were passionate about their bills. Uh, I'll never forget being on Instagram one day or Facebook or whatever the hell I was on. And I see this thing on ESPN. You're traded. You're going to, is it Cine or LA? It was LA. It sure. was LA. So it was just LA. How'd you find out you were traded? How did it you? Was, it was it was crazy. So um, go through the first year in Buffalo. We didn't make the playoffs. 
So preparing the offseason, got a whole new staff. Rex Ryan get fired the last game of the season, my rookie year. Uh, new coaching staff come in. There's coach that was there, McDermott and his guys. And, you know, our coordinator got Anthony Lynn. He takes the head coaching job at the L.A. Chargers at the time because they just got rid of their coach on the top of the move to L.A. from San Diego. And then um, we go through offseason, go through camp, the first day of camp. At this point, the new GM and the new head coach traded everybody from our draft class except one guy in the first round. Traded no, everybody from that's the Are you year. serious? So that's what guys do. I mean, when you, you – you a new GM, you new coach, you bring in your guys, right? Just like mm-hmm. your coaches. So the thing I was pissed about was that, you know, the first day you report to campus conditioning test. So I run the conditioning test. Our, our Buffalo conditioning test was brutal. So it was like 2020s and like 10 and a half gashes. It was brutal. Right. And I run that, legs are dead, in meetings that night. They call me down and then they find out I get traded that night. I said, damn, she, she couldn't trade me. 12 hours earlier? Yeah, I didn't so, have <laughs> so whatever, it was cool though, but I, I call, you know, I got Coach Lynn on the phone because he just That's coached cool. me in Buffalo the year before. Now he's a head job. He's a head duck out in LA. He tells me, oh, yeah, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And first thing I asked, hey, did you guys report to camp yet? It's like, no, we reported two days. I was like, well, I just ran a conditioning test here. Do I gotta run a conditioning test out there? Something I was thinking about, right? So I hurried up and go pack my stuff. In Buffalo, we had camp up in Rochester, so I think that's north, about an hour and a half north of Buffalo, so I had to hurry up. Hit the ground running in LA, kind of did all the kind of medical exams the first day. Next day is camp. Still had to run another conditioning test and it almost killed me. I didn't have my legs to hold camp from that conditioning test. That's so, actually, well, I'm, yeah, I'm glad out. I think it's funny, but I think you're going to run another one. Yeah. You know, because it's just like, they're probably like, well, hey, well, well, well got, the thing was, two the days thing of, was, how long is the conditioning test, first of all? The Buffalo one, I mean, the Buffalo one, it was 20, 2020s and 10 and a half cashers, all time stuff, right? But the, the one in L.A. was 300-yard shuttle. So we started from the 50, run to the end zone, back, end zone, back, end zone, back, right? So it's tough, and it's all time. We did that in college, but we had the average of time. So we had two runs at the average of time. So usually your first one, you go. What if you didn't average that time? You got to do it again the next day. Oh, for real. Yeah. Fuck that. So you – but with the NFL, with the L.A., you got to make both of them. That's why time. I didn't ever play football. Yeah, but not, not in L.A., so you got to make both of them. Well, all three of them at a certain time. Really? So, but the coach then didn't see that I was out there. I was just like, oh my God. So it was brutal. But yeah, I didn't have my legs. I remember my first play in camp with the Chargers was a naked. So it was a fake to so the handoff, and I'm, I'm getting ready to be on the move. And I'm coming out the fake, and my legs just died. I just like was wobbling. And I like in the midst of throwing a check down because like I didn't have time. I knew I was going down. Yeah, but you're and right. I just fall. And I was like, my legs, guys. <laughs> Oh, shot. It was laughing at me. Great first impression. First roll out. I'm just like, oh my God. And it's funny because it was like the plays on film and stuff. I had a touchdown. Like my first play. Like really like game. everybody's fucking wide open. You just like this no, this, this backside guy who like I was kind of peeking at. I already knew it was probably gonna be open. He was he was screaming in the back of the end zone. I love your um story about I don't know, was it a preseason pass? I think it was when you were in LA and you were dropping back and you were under pressure and you were backpedaling, if I remember correctly. And you just threw that bitch out for I don't remember who on the Chargers. You know what I'm talking about? It was about? a touchdown. It was yeah. a tutty. So yeah, no doubt it was a tutty. Yeah, 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 for sure. So it wasn't, yeah, I mean, it was a great throw. throw. It was, it, it was pretty much. I thought you were fucking Saints. with me when we first spoke about it. I was like, nah, no, no, it no, was no. pretty we, accurate. Yeah, no, we played in Saints and they went to this cover zero blitz. So, um, the thing about this cover zero blitz and the, the, the protection I had to check to 
Like clearly, you know, if, if people can picture this, you got five offensive linemen, you have a tight end, you have a running back, right? And they play in man coverage, but usually sometimes the defense is man coverage. I mean, see if the guys are blocking back protection, the guys who guard them in man coverage, they add on the block. So they would they would blitz themselves. They okay. call it green dominant. So I knew where the free hitter was going to come from. He was going to come from our side with our tight end and running back because he's going to realize they're blocking and he's going to add on. So I was kind of drifting away from knowing the free hitter is going to be to my right, giving my guy um, Andre. Who was that? What's the farthest you've ever thrown the ball? Like, and I've seen your. How long? 87. Holy fuck. And that's where did you throw it? It was front of end zones. It was no, no, no. I mean, like, what location were you? Were you at? I was at the goal line. I was at the goal line. I throw it 100. And but, like, I mean, like, were you in Columbus? I was in college. Ohio? I was in college last year. Is it true you can throw farther, like, if you went up to, like, Colorado or something? I don't know. I, I know, like, the elevation of our stuff is different. Somebody had told me. Or somebody, maybe not somebody told me. I was I was watching something the other day. I know the elevation is different and all that stuff. Yeah, it is. So, no, it's Patrick Mahomes. That's who he was talking. I was watching, like, an interview that he did or whatever. He said he thought he could throw it 120 yards. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't say I would like 20 yards shocked. gets big once you're talking about 120 yards. Of course. I mean, is it possible? Probably not. But I think if it's if it is possible, I wouldn't be shocked if he could do it. But okay, so you get out of the NFL. They don't resign you, whatever. You go to the XFL after mm-hmm. that. Yep. DC Defenders, thank you for the tickets, by the way. That was a good time. Yeah. Uh, I actually really enjoy DC. It's probably one of my favorite places to go. Good city, man. Good city. It great, is a good city. Great food, great culture, a lot of things to do. Have you thought about places. making a little XFL comeback? Um, you know what? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, I like it. I like it. And then you've got a lot of other things going on here, and I appreciate you know that's been a big to me, and I think it's important too. Even when you call me, you're like, "Hey, man, I want you to do this." I'm like, "Let's do it." And great thus far. So I think it's important, you know, that you keep doing doing your thing. But you seem pretty happy right now, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. I think the whole point of this podcast is kind of just like making sure and having a conversation about people just pointing themselves in the right direction. You know what I mean? And making yeah. decisions that allow you to continue in that direction. For sure. I think once you have a purpose, once you uh, know what you want in life and know what um, goals you are working towards, it's easier to stay on those tracks. Um, you know, I try to encourage everybody to have a plan for themselves um, so you're just not getting up every day. If, even if you have a career and you're working, you know, have a plan to better yourself in that career, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure you don't want to be a bank teller the rest of your, your life. Maybe right. there's room for growth and management. Maybe there's room for growth and running. I'm not a bank teller. Just, <laughs> just saying. But I think if you don't have a plan for, you know, your life, then you know, I think you just go through the motions. And I just heard this quote um, yesterday. I totally forgot who it was by, but. You know, I think I think it's that if you if you don't have a plan for a goal, it's a thousand points to get to that goal, right? So that's not always the best thing, right? Um, you know, I think every day if you set in something, you can say, hey, this is going to help me get to that goal, then do it, do a lot of it, and you can say, hey, this is not, you know, then don't do it. I think it's a little easier with athletics because we can think about working out or putting things in our bodies and eating right, stuff like that. You can say, hey, is this cheeseburger going to help me get – a step faster right. or going to help me drop this weight? Probably not. Okay, don't do it. It's all about well, the name. It does. They do it. Yeah, and I think celebrities, athletes, all kinds of different things, work for them, do different fun things with them. But I've seen both sides where I've seen the loneliness, the sad, the depressed person worth a million, some, you know, tens of millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then you see the other person who maybe has the same amount of money or even people that have a lot less money. And they're like, holy shit. So 
uh, and, and they're living their best life and they're enjoying themselves and they're always right. seems to be good. And not that yeah, everybody has no. every day is great, but I think for us, it's, it's about like making, you know, but are you actually happy? And like, if you're not, that's cool. Cause like for me, I'm not necessarily where I want to be right now. So, and it's not that I'm unhappy, but I have, I feel like I have so much room to grow. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's a great way to put it. And I don't think, I don't think success is defined by your bank account or, or the people you have around you. I think it's defined more about your purpose and feeling fulfilled within yourself. I don't care. I think if you're a productive member of society, you working towards a career, you working towards goals. I think you have an opportunity to be successful. And when it, when it just comes to, um, anything in that aspect. Like I'm not personally where I want to be in life as well. And I said that on my 30th birthday, I'm like looking back, like where's the last 30 years, right? And some things I'm able to do and things like that. I'm like, I'm not ashamed to say I'm not where I want to be in life, but right. I can guarantee you every day I'm working towards it. So I think- You're willing to help anybody out. Yeah, I was easier up on Bluetooth. You're right, you're right in the car. The, yeah, I think that's a really cool thing though. And I think it's helping there's different ways to help, you know For what sure. I mean? And I think to be somebody with influence with a platform to be able to be like, I can, I'm going to help you this way. or I'm going to help you this way um, with long-term goals in mind, For you sure. know? And that's uh, anyways, I so appreciate you coming today. I think that's all your time.